It's in his email signature. It's on his wall all day. It is now what seems to be the unofficial motto of the University of Virginia swimming program led by our guest for the episode two of the Call Me Coach podcast, Todd DeSorbo. Todd is one of the top sprint and swimming coaches in the country right now. Uh, He had a tremendously successful first year in Charlottesville, as well as having a tremendous background as a great assistant coach under Dave Allen at UNCW and the associate head coach at North Carolina State University, where he worked with a tremendous group of coaches. It's a tremendous group of athletes, including Olympic gold medalist Ryan Held. Uh, This was a great conversation, one that I immensely enjoyed and really looked forward to. And I can't thank Todd enough for, for joining me on this one. It was a lot of information in a short amount of time. I hope you enjoy and can take something away for yourselves. A year in Charlottesville, give or take? Yeah, not even. Just, uh, well, I I showed up about a week before classes started in August. So, what, about eight months? I think this is, if I'm not mistaken, your first head coaching opportunity. As you got to Charlottesville, what was was on the to-do list? What were some of the things that you really wanted to make sure you got done early on? The first, I mean, well... Aside from hiring on staff, <laughs> that was probably, you know, in the in, in the front of, of everything, you know, that was first and foremost. But as it relates to, you know, my duties and, and what I needed to do as a head coach and not and like you said, being being a first time head coach, I set up meetings with every single support staff member that we might be, you know, we might have contact and communication with over the course of a season. So I set up, you know, in-person meetings with our strength coach, our sports psychologist, our sports nutritionist, our business office, our compliance office, you know, the ADs, uh, my sports supervisor, you know, any, anybody, you know, at sports medicine, um, everybody and anybody I could that I knew that was going to be a potential resource for us at some point while we're here. Um, and that literally... I mean, that, I mean, that was, you know, I don't know, 10 different people. So I spent the first two weeks, the better part of two weeks, just trying to get to know as many people as I possibly could. Let's come back around to that staff building. I know prep for this, I've, I've watched some of the things you said and, and have talked about with your staff. What, what, was, what were some qualities you looked for? Obviously, you want people that mirror your enthusiasm and mirror your competitiveness. But what did you look for as you built a staff and you, you sort of had an option of where you were going, what you were looking for. I mean, obviously, the the professional expertise and reputation of being a coach that can develop athletes at, to a really high level, and and I think that there's a lot that goes into that. I mean, there's 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 great coaches out there that are missing um, a couple of aspects that I might have been looking for, and you know, I th- I think that to to be a great coach, there's a lot more that goes into it than actually knowing. The technical aspect of things or you know training cycles and you know biomechanics and different things like that I mean there's a lot more I think that goes into co- goes into coaching than just um, the knowledge of you know the expertise of swimming or whatever sport that you're coaching you know and I and we you know at NC State we joked about this a lot but I think it's true we always talked about the art of coaching and you know, because again, there's a lot more that goes into it than just, you know, knowing the X's and O's. To me, I think one of the big keys is to being a successful coach is, is figuring out how to motivate people and also, also how to make the sport fun, um, especially with our sport. 
it's the grind, you know, it's, it's one of the most grueling training environments. I mean, you know, you're well aware of that. You're staring at a black line two, four hours a day. It's not necessarily glamorous. Um, you're not getting a, a ton of recognition. You're, you know, a sprinter is, is, is gets races for 19 seconds and they train the, a year for that, you know, making the sport fun and keeping, you know, uh, the environment light and entertaining was really important to me as well as, Personally, you know, and, and maybe this is um, uh, selfish, uh, selfish of me, but I want to have fun. Uh, so, you know, I think that I wanted people around me that I enjoy being around and that I don't mind spending time with outside of the pool, uh, you know, off the pool deck and that are going to make my job more enjoyable. And But I think that that attitude reflects leadership. So I think if your coaching staff is having fun and they're bought in and they're motivated, then that's going to be reflected on the athletes and, and they're going to have fun and they're going to be bought in and they're going to be motivated. And I don't know if that helps you at all, but kind of what I was looking for when I, when I look at a staff is, you know, I don't necessarily need a person who is the most scientific and has done the most research and has done the most interviews or, or, or written the most papers about the sport of swimming. I, you know, I need, I need people that fit well with me and my personality and, and we're going to, you know, in essence, make, make my job more fun because, I do this because I, I enjoy it, you know, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to ever not enjoy it. And if I ever not enjoy it, then I got to figure out a way to get that back or I need to get out. You kind of alluded to it and um, you kind of segued perfectly for me in your stops before here. I saw firsthand you with Coach Allen at UNCW and then you had, you know, another stop. Uh, what were some of the, the parts of the art of coaching, to use your words, uh, that you took from, from each of those stops? Yeah, those two two great coaches you were coaching with or some some things you learned from them dave allen really took, you know was really patient with everybody and and gave everybody their space and you know let them be who they are who they wanted to be and and got a lot out of his athletes and, and i learned really you know really quickly early on um from him and from the athletes as well the athletes taught me a lot too but um you know that i had to kind of temper my expectations but but also try to find ways to motivate them to really want to be as good as they can possibly be. And, and, I, and I think that that was, was the best first coaching job I could have ever have had because I did learn, I learned so much about the sport, the, the, the sport, the motivational and psychological side of the sport because those athletes weren't necessarily the most motivated athletes to, they weren't going to make the Olympics. Odds are they weren't going to make NCAAs. So, you know, how do you motivate them to be the best they can be? Um, which is different when you're at a higher level and you, you do have kids coming for scholarship and they are motivated and they do want to make the Olympics and they, and they do have the, the potential to make the Olympics. So the motivation was, was significantly different. So, you know, I learned how to motivate people and get inside their heads and make them want to do well and want to get more out of themselves, you know, and also learn, a lot, you know, a lot of patience. I think from, from Braden at NC State, I'm not necessarily, I don't know that I necessarily learned a ton about the art of coaching because I think that we were a lot on the same wavelength. Um, I think that that art really just evolved significantly while I was there. And, you know, I learned a lot from him and from the other coaches that were there on different techniques to use and, and um, different workouts and different things like that. And I think, you know, he also learned from, from all of us, you know, from all, all the coaches on staff too. So I learned there that communication was key. We, you know, all of our coach, our entire coaching staff had a, a, you know, we were all very open and we all communicated with each other a lot. And, um, you know, we were all highly involved in every aspect of the program. 
And, you know, I learned, I think I learned from Braden that you've got to get, what I learned the most from Braden is not necessarily about the art of coaching, but more about you got to surround yourself with really good people and you have to trust them and have confidence in them and let them do what, what you hired them to do and not micromanage. Um, you know, I think there are, I think there are coaches, head coaches out there who do micromanage and who write every single workout for every group or they review every workout that a coach is writing. And I'm just not that type of person. I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't feel like I have time to do that. You know, I, I, I wanted to get coaches that I was confident in and could trust and was going to let them, you know, let them do what, what I hired them to do. Kind of switch gears for a little bit. Something that, that I encountered firsthand and that as I've been a distant admirer of your swimmers at NC State, your swimmers this past season, your kids always seem to show up when it matters the most. They always swim fast in championship season. They walk into the pool 10 feet tall and bulletproof. Well, what is it that you guys seem to consistently do? Gets, gets your kids fired up in that way and, and gets them so confident and, and able to swim as fast as they do? Well, I think there's a number of things. I think that at least, you know, from, from my aspect, the way we train, I think that, you know, I've always been an advocate for you get your, you get your confidence from your training. So if you can train fast, you're going to, you'll race fast. And, and, and fast is relative, right? I mean, you want to be faster than you've ever been before as an individual, not necessarily faster than the guy next to you or faster than the team that you're going to compete against. Just being better than than you've ever been as an individual and building, you know, and, and having them be confident to where when they step on the blocks, they have no doubt that they've done everything that they needed to do and they met our expectations, you know, as a coaching staff and that they're, they're going to be fast. There's no doubt. You know, I always tell people that we're not going to put pressure and expectations on you that you're on this amount of scholarship and you should be performing at this level or we think you can be an NCAA champion or an NCAA All-American and, and we're not, we're not beating that into them on a daily basis. We mention it to them once. Um, you know, like for example, when Ryan held made the Olympics, I had, a year, a year before trials, I told him exactly a year before trials at U.S. Nationals the summer before. I told him I was like, I think you can make the Olympic team, and then I said it to him one more time, and that was the beginning of that college season. Like a month or two later, I was like, you can make it. You're 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 going to have potential to do it. Things are going to have to go right. I was like, and that's the last time I mentioned it to him, and and that's how we are with our athletes here. Is we we tell them what we think they're capable of, and we tell them we have a lot of confidence in them, but we're not going to hang that over their head and hold that over them on a daily basis it's we i tell everybody that as long as you meet our expectations on a daily basis from a from an effort level perspective and we say you know we, we expect this kind of effort you give it to us or, or more um, and you listen and learn then things will go really well at the end of the season so i think just having that confidence through training helps them to walk into that that competition and and, and be able to own the pool deck I think also the way we approach our season probably has a lot to do with that as well. We don't we don't rest really for anything throughout the entire season. They know when they get to ACCs or they get to NCAA's that that's there. That you know they haven't lost anything throughout the entire season. It's the first time that they're gonna they're 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 gonna peak and it's the first time they're shaving and tapering and they you know they're about to unleash and they and they're excited about it you know and they can't wait for it. So I think that approach to the season keeps people really confident because I think if you rest early in a season or you rest for dual meets or whatever it might be, that takes a little bit of the edge off and we don't want to take that. We want them to have that entire edge and have a chip on their shoulder when they go in and have something to prove. And, you know, if they've already 
proven earlier in the year or they, they, they don't have that edge, then, you know, they're not necessarily, you know, some people will be good and others people, others won't, you know, and when we've had a, I've been fortunate enough to have a trend of having the majority of the team firing on all cylinders at the same time, which is, which is fun. I saw something else that uh, it was either an interview you did or a, a similar podcast that you don't like to put numbers down on your goals. I think that we try to relate it to the team more than anything. You know, we always talk about the team goals first and foremost, or what, or the, what are the relay, the relays goals. You know, first and foremost. So if you're a guy that's going to be on the relay, what can you do to help the relay out? You know, what places that relay maybe want to get? What's the, what, what's the goal for the team? And what's the goal? You know, all our relays in the top three at ACCs, or we want to win this relay or that relay, or we want a final at NCAA's in this relay or that relay. And where does our team want to place? at ACCs or NCAAs, and, and I think that having those be the goals are, are more helpful than having, you know, the individual's goals because, you know, if, if you're doing it for the team, then everything is elevated. You know, your effort level and workouts are elevated, your effort levels and motivation at meets are elevated, and, and I think that's a, another reason why teams that I've been a part of have been able to go into a meet and, and, you know, really own it because they have a team goal that they've been working towards all year and there, and those team goals significantly outweigh and are, are significantly more magnified than, than the individual's goals. And if they're doing things to help the team, then they're they're going to perform at a really high level, no matter what, as an individual. I saw a really cool video of Ted Schubert's 400 IM time trial at ACCs, yeah. and it's almost like this giant crescendo. You know, he's, he's taking the fly out, drops a great split, backstroke. And I can see as these splits start dropping, not only you guys, but your entire team is just literally 100% behind a kid who's the only kid in the pool. That speaks a lot to the culture you've created there. Uh, was that something that you walked into, or is that just a byproduct of the energy and enthusiasm you and your coaches are bringing? I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I think we walked into a really great situation at the beginning of the year where there was a lot there was a lot of motivation to, you know, to be, to, to be better. There was a lot of excitement around the program. I think the, the kids were excited. Sometimes change can be good. Sometimes it can be bad. And I think in this case, you know, the teams had done well in the past, but I think they were excited for a change and, and looking forward to it. So I think that they were ready for it, whatever that was, they were ready for it. And, and then I think our coaching staff was able to come in and really nurture that and facilitate the, the change in culture and, and the direction that we wanted to take the program, you know, and, and we beat that into them uh, early on and often, to be honest with you. And I don't think that's anything that will ever change. But um, I think that that swim, as, as well as, as our performances at ACCs, were just evidence of everything that they put into the season and their desire to, you know, help this program, you know, compete at the highest level and, and, and be an elite program. And it's funny you mentioned that because we just had our team banquet this past Saturday and we gave a performance of the year award and, and Ted's Sporner I am got performance of the year because I think it, you know, it embodied, not only was it a great individual performance, but it really embodied what our program is all about and, and the type of teammates that, that, you know, the got that the guys are to each other as well as the women, you know, and it was, it, it was probably one of the most surreal, amazing swims that I've ever really been a part of because it's exactly, I actually explained it in our banquet exactly the same way you just did. It was kind of like, 
you know, crescendoing and just building and building and building. And we were all pretty chill for the first hundred. And we were like, damn, that's pretty good. He went out well, looks good. And then his backstroke was, you know, really good. And, and then we were like, we just began to get more and more and more excited. Um, you know, and I think that that's just kind of how our season has progressed as well. Big question, I guess, maybe I have, and, and listeners can, you know, take from this uh, behind you is all day and your email signature is all day. Can you explain all day to me? We, you know, we came in, we came in this year. I don't want to say mottos, but you know, cultures and, and visions that we tried to portray to the team was I've had athletes compete at the highest levels and I've had athletes, I've had really elite athletes that weren't elite that became elite, but, and, and it's not necessarily about the Olympic gold medalist or the NCAA champion. My goal is I want every athlete we coach that comes through our program to want to be the most elite version of themselves that they can possibly be. And whether that's be an Olympic gold medalist or that's an NCAA All-American or that's a conference team member or, or, or not even a conference team member, you know, it doesn't matter. Every, you know, we need everybody to be on the same page and want to be the most elite version of themselves, be motivated enough, be disciplined enough, be focused enough to be, to be able to accomplish everything that you can accomplish in the sport. But I feel like in order to do that, it's not about what we do two hours in the pool four hours in training a day or 20 hours in training a week. It's not about those hours. If we're, if we're training two hours in a given day, there's 22 more hours in the day that they have to be elite and they need to be the most elite version of themselves in every aspect of their life. So they need to be try to do as well as they can academically. They need to be an elite version of themselves socially, you know, Saturday nights, they need to be the most elite version of themselves you know, that, that's where that mindset has come from. And so that's kind of what all day means is you need to be elite all day. You need to be a champion all day. And it actually, that the all day motto, that wasn't necessarily something that we came up with right away. I have, we happened early in the season, we were doing dry land and I had this shirt that, that they gave me, UVA gave me, and it was a B saver. It was Virginia, just like this. And then below it is a Nike shirt and below it, it said all day. So UVA all day. And we happened, and I happened to be wearing it one morning for dryland. And of course, I was preaching, and I looked down, and I had this shirt on that said "All Day," and I was just like, you, "All day, you've got to be on it all day. You, you know, you got to be elite all day. You got to be a champion all day." And then it just stuck, stuck so much, it's permanently on my wall. Fifty-fifty, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You know, I think that we we definitely, you know, and we had kind of early in the year we had this saying, you know, you you got to be ready for anything, um, and you've got to be ready to race and be fast you know, in any circumstances. So we do try to keep them on their toes as much as possible and throw the unexpected at them. For example, we had a dual meet last year where we told the team, we were like, we're going to, we're going to start with a dry land warm up, and then we'll get in and do our, our pool warm up and get ready for the meet. And, you know, we started two hours before the meet was going to start or maybe an hour and a half. And, and we got about 30 minutes into the dry land routine and the, the kids were like, okay, it's probably about time to go to the pool. And then, we, we kept going and we, we did about 30 more minutes of dry land and they were like, um, the meet starts in 30 minutes. Are we going to get in? And I'm like, no, we're not going to get in. We're like, we're, and so we, we did more dry land and 10 minutes before the meet started, we let them go and we said, all right, get on the blocks and get ready to race. And that they were like, at first they were shocked, but then they were got, they got into it and they thought it was cool and fun. And so we didn't warm up at all in the pool, just got on the blocks and race. And, and so, um, 
you know, I think that our training exemplifies that type of mentality as well. Now, the kids are going to know, generally speaking, they're going to know what's, what type, what's going to be the focus of a given workout on a given day, but they're going to have no clue what is actually going to be thrown at them. So there's not necessarily, you know, a pattern or a specific set or, you know, a, a certain test set that's going to be repeated every week. We want to keep them on their toes and, and have them not necessarily know exactly what the workout's going to be like. Um, so oftentimes we don't show them the workout beforehand. We don't, you know, me personally, I don't put a piece of paper down. I never have, never will just give a piece of paper with a workout on it. Um, because honestly for me, I, I go into, I might have an entire workout written, but I, I, I don't know that I've ever gotten through an entire workout as it was written because I, I just watch the athletes and, and make changes as I go. And I come up with better ideas as I go too, based on how they look or, you know, that, that type of stuff. So, you know, we try to keep them, throw the unexpected at them as much as possible. But, but I also think that having a, having some structure and knowing what to expect is, is a good thing as well. Yeah, but I also see a lot of really experienced coaches doing that as well, you know. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's what when I mentioned very, you know, earlier on in our conversation is that there's a lot of great coaches who know how to write a great workout know how to teach technique really well but aren't reading their athletes really all that well and and, it, and if you have this piece of paper with this 8,000 hour workout on it but your kids are buried and they're barely moving and and you're so set in your ways that you that you're gonna they're gonna do this workout and they're gonna do it as it's written no matter what that isn't necessarily the greatest way to be sometimes that's, that's a good way to be and that teaches the athletes to learn and, and how to adjust and and how to and how to become tougher but um, it's not necessarily always the best way to be. So I'm not saying I wouldn't do things like that on occasion, but you know, I, I'm definitely, I think simpler is better, especially when you're coaching 18, 19, 20 year olds, the more complicated you make things, the, the less they're, they're going to lose interest and they're not going to be able to think about what you want them to really get out of it. What's the biggest piece of advice you'd give to a coach, not necessarily of swimming, but any coach it, would, would that be it to be perceptive of your athletes or would it be something else yeah I mean well that well two things probably that is definitely be perceptive of your athletes you got to get to know them you got to watch them you got to know you need to know their personalities you need to know what motivates them you know I, I say this all the time but I had I known I was going to be a swim coach or a coach at all I would have majored in psychology because I think that would that would help me tremendously to figure athletes out so I think that Athletics, just generally speaking, is not one size fits all, and everybody's body is different, and everybody's mind is different, and, and they're going to react and differently to different types, you know, to training. And you know, I think that you got to be able to watch them and make adjustments and know their personalities. You know, you, you need to know when they're sick, and you need to know when they're just not feeling well, or when they when they're stressed out, or when they're anxious. You know, I think that helps you as a coach to give them what they need on any given day. I think the other advice I would give is just to never stop wanting and trying to learn. I was, you know, I was a 400 IAMR in college, and I trained distance. But my first coaching job was a, was as a sprint coach, and that's that's all I've ever done. But I think that's I think the fact that I was I was not a sprinter has made me a better sprint coach because all, I had to learn and I had to figure it out. And I talked to a lot of great coaches that had some success as you know with sprinters. So I wasn't set in my ways or old school and only going to do it one way because that's the way I was coached and that's the way I did it. 
I'm constantly trying to learn and constantly trying to be better and taking feedback from the athletes, take, gathering information from other coaches and other sources. I think that you, you never want to be – you never want to stop growing and stop learning, and you got to have goals. Even as a coach, you got to have goals. Like what do you want – you know, what do you want your program to accomplish? But what do you want to accomplish personally as a coach? So I think if, if I didn't have particular goals, then what's driving me? I mean, what's driving me to, to make my athletes better, uh, you know, every day. So, you know, I think that having goals and, and learning continuously learning uh, are, are key to at least sustain success in any sport. I want to kind of come back to something you said earlier on, you mentioned having fun. How do you incorporate fun? How, how is that something that, you know, are you drawing inspiration for anything? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a lot of different things. You know, I, I, you know, again, I think first and foremost, it's just my personality to, to want to have a good time. I was a, I was a CPA. I got my master's in accounting and did public accounting, worked for one of the, the largest actually tax public accounting, public accounting firm in the world and did tax consulting and kind of realized after five or six years of doing that, that I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it, you know, yeah. but I didn't, I didn't want to go to work every day and just kind of go to work for the hell of it to pick up a paycheck, you know, albeit the paycheck was good, but you know, I, I wanted more out of life and I wanted to enjoy what I was doing and, and I wanted to be excited about going into work every day. Now, obviously I'm headed into work at five o'clock in the morning every day and I am excited about it, but you know, I think my personality, and that's why I think the personalities of our of my coaching staff needed to be similar in that we're just all excited and we want to have fun and we want to enjoy it and we want to enjoy it with the athletes and are able to build a good relationship with the athletes. And there are small things that we might do here or there. Honestly, I probably could be more creative and do more things that are actually quote unquote fun. But I think that we don't necessarily have to do that stuff, you know, all that often because our kids are just kind of having fun training hard, you know, and, and I think that team goal helps motivate them. And I think trying, trying to, I don't want to have to try too hard. I mean, you, you always know, you always, you know how you always say, regardless of what it is in life, you can always pick out that guy who tries too hard, you try too hard to be cool. You try too hard to be funny, whatever. Right. If I'm trying too hard to, to make this fun, then it's probably, it's going to come across as fake and it's not going to be, you know, and, and again, the kids are perceptive. They're not dumb, especially at Virginia. So they're going to know that we're, we're trying too hard and it's not necessarily going to go over as well as if we're just being ourselves. And if a kid comes to me and says, Hey, let's play water polo one day. I'm like, all right, let's go play a water polo. I mean, I'm not going to let them do that every day, you know, and, I th- and they know that. Um, but I think it's more just a, a personality thing. And I, I'm not saying I'm the coolest guy ever, or I'm the funniest guy ever. I'm definitely not that funny. Uh, I'm definitely not that cool. You know, I just, I just want to, ha- I want to have fun myself. And, and I think that they know that and, and, and they want to work hard. And I think they know if they work hard, we're going to be more willing to have a little bit more fun. I agree. I a hundred percent agree. And I tell the kids, you know, especially here being a head coach for the first time, I'm like, look, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm learning as I go. Right. I've never been a head coach. This is my first experience. I'm going to do the best job I can. I can guarantee it will get better every year because I'm going to learn. You're going to give me feedback, but I agree. I mean, I think the kids know right away if you're being fake and you're not being real. And, and my wife, especially for me, honestly, my wife tells me all the time, I'm the worst liar there is. So I have a hard time, you know, a real hard time being fake, you know, and, and, and I want them, I don't want them to be fake. You know, I want the athletes to be real and be honest and upfront and be themselves as well. So 
you know, again, I think that attitude reflects leadership. If we're doing that, they're, they're going to be more um, apt to doing that as well. Just some quick hitters here, and then we'll kind of wrap things up. Oh, any recommended watching or reading for coaches out there? Uh, I, I got nothing for you. Um, I actually asked Bob Bowman the same thing early in the year because I know he reads a lot, and, and I've heard him speak, you know, and I stay in close contact with him. And he gave me some recommendations that I haven't even gotten the books yet. So I can't help you there. <laughs> Are there other sources of information you're going towards? Just fellow coaches more than anything? Yeah, that, yeah, for sure. Fellow coaches. You know, if I ever have a question, I'm not, you know, I'm not afraid to pick up the phone and call Eddie Reese or Dave Durd now to Cal or Greg Meehan or when I see him on the pool deck, you know, just because just ask him the question. You know, I think most coaches are willing to help out and willing to, you know, you know, share ideas, which I think is great. And I always have been. And with our current coaching staff, we all have different experiences and we've been different places. So, you know, we're always bouncing ideas off each other. You know, I think that's probably to me, that's the best way to learn because you, you learn from other people's experiences. Right. And if I always, if I'm going to try something new, I'll, I'll probably try to find somebody who's done it before. Um, although maybe we're going to do something that nobody's ever done, but if somebody has already tried something and made a mistake, then I, I want to know, right? I don't, there's no sense in recreating the wheel and making a mistake that somebody's already made. So I think just talking to other coaches and people within the profession is, is really where I pull my, most of my information from. Is there anything you're drawing inspiration from right now outside of your own athletes? If I'm going to hold my athletes to a certain level of, uh, you know, expectation, you know, having the all day mentality, you know, that's kind of what I live by too. And I don't, I don't live by that because I want the athletes to live by that. Again, that's just kind of how, how I am. So, you know, as far as like, I wake up every morning with the purpose of making this program elite and thus having to make every individual in this program, again, the most elite version of, of themselves they can be. So, you know, I think UVA hasn't reached its full potential as a program. And my goal every morning is to, to help it reach its full potential. Um, obviously, there's a lot of moving parts as it relates to that. But, you know, every day I get up with, you know, trying to figure out a way to make this or that or, or a lot of different individuals a lot better and myself a lot better so that we can reach our full potential as a program. And it all, you know, everything that we've talked about between motivation and um, vision and culture and, you know, the all day mentality, pretty much everything we've discussed and it, it all, you know, it, it kind of funnels down into the program as a whole. So, you know, every, and, and that all kind of, you know, it starts, it starts from the top, right? So that, that's my mentality as well. You know, that I, I, you know, do my best to live everything that I preach to the athletes. Thanks again to Todd for an incredible second podcast i can't thank him enough for taking time out of his busy schedule and i can't wait to see the great things that he and his team continue to put forth Uh, that all-day mentality i think is going to serve them tremendously well and i think that he has nothing but bright bright things ahead of him our next episode features our first educator podcast we'll be speaking to principal of creeds elementary school in virginia beach miss casey conger until next time